0: Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Marvel's big panel at D23. I'm Alex. Wow.
1: I'm Justin. I'm Pete.
0: And we are going to be talking about everything that broke at D23 and Marvel's Roll patch. that dice, baby. Come
2: on. You're Let's roll about that 23 D23. S-
0: uh, dice. Come okay, on. There we go. All right. Pete's going to Pete's gonna be an antagonist of this episode is what I think's happening. Dragon That's Con true. number 23. I love it.
1: Pete doesn't know
0: what news is. So, D23, big panel, lots of stuff going on here. Uh, There were announcements about TV shows. There were announcements about movies. Marvel came big. I think people, frankly, were expecting even bigger than this. I know I speculated that Maybe they're going to drop some X-Men news. There was a lot of talk about Fantastic Four casting. But to jump ahead, and we will talk about everything, specifically with Fantastic Four, which is the big speculation here, Kevin Feige came out of the panel, said, hey, Matt Shackman, who directed a bunch on WandaVision, is going to be directing it. There is literally no other news to tell you at this point. And I think there was a bunch of sighs and gasps from the audience. But, you know, they're under no obligation to be like, Judy Cober, Penn Badgley, all of these people have been cast. They're going to do it at some point. They're going to announce it. It's going to be big, so everybody stay patient. Did you uh, did did you say the guy's name was Matt Shatt? Uh, Matt Shackman. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Um, I, <laughs> I, good. <laughs> <laughs> fact checker pete LePage, page um incorrect fact checker i i think this is i know everyone wanted more news this news all the news is very fun and this felt like more of a show and tell mm-hmm. rather uh, than like here's what the next step because they announced so much uh, so recently it's like they don't want to show all their cards they have a, a bunch of other events they have to wait to drop news to and i also think the x-men are further off than we think mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I think so. That was definitely like a very, very out there speculation for me. I am not disappointed at all that there was no X-Men things, but let's talk about the things that they did talk about and run down all the stuff and kind of see what we thought about it, as well as any speculation. Uh, First thing to throw out there is Ironheart, the big news out of that, which we kind of already knew, but Anthony Ramos has been cast as Parker Robbins' The Hood that is coming to Disney Plus next year. There was also some footage shown in the room, a trailer of Ironheart building her armor, Parker Robbins getting his mystical demon hood and building an army of criminals. And the promise is this is going to be the biggest tech versus magic fight that we've seen in the MCU. Wow. So what are your thoughts about this? What are you looking forward
2: to? And now is this going to be a movie or a TV show? Oh,
0: my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. I just said it's a TV show. It's a TV show. Oh, wow. Yes.
1: Interesting. This, is like, is- this is like going home for holidays and telling your, <laughs> your uncle what
0: happens in the world. Riri is going to be introduced to in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So this is a good deal. Wakanda Forever. Episode. First time that we see her, but this is going to be her big series debut. And for those who don't know the character, she builds her own Iron Man style armor and ultimately calls herself Iron Heart. Justin, what's your take on this?
1: Um, I, I think this is cool. I like the way they're um, they a the, the choice to make it about tech versus magic is something that happens a lot in comics, but feels like hasn't been done too much in MCU because it's like two uh, countervailing uh, Forces in like the content that we watch, uh, so to put them together is cool. I love um, uh, Red Hood or the, the Hood. The, sorry, the, the, the hood, hood as good. the villain, Little like Red Riding Hood, Little Red Riding Hood, great villain. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sort of on the Wolf side in a lot of <laughs> ways. I uh, know the Hood I think is a great villain. Love love him in the comics. I'm curious The Hood has been done many different ways in the comics, some of mm-hmm. them not as great. So curious to see how they bring him to the screen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes
2: he's oh, right. very powered up and seems like a very formidable villain. Other times it's like a B, you know, list villain where it's like, yeah, one <laughs> Based on
0: how the – based on the very scanned footage that was shown, it seems like, and for anybody who hasn't read it, uh, check out Brian K. Vaughn's book that introduced the hood, which is awesome. Yeah, it's
1: his character, right?
0: Yeah, so good. That's cool. Um, It is this idea of like this low-level – who gets a (laughs) mystical item and suddenly gets powered up. What does he do with it? Does he commit more crime? Does he become a hero? That series very much walks the line. And then Brian Michael Bendis introduced this idea of, no, he has enough power that he can become like the new kingpin of New York. And it seems like they're going to be doing both things in this series and building him up there, maybe filling a power vacuum left by the kingpin of crime, Wilson Frisk, after he was taken down by Echo over in Hawkeye. Uh, But that should be very cool. Let's turn to another one that I know Justin is super, super excited about. Werewolf by Night. We got a trailer here. This is directed by Michael Giacchino, and it is a total, at least based on the trailer, like old school hammer horror style thing.
1: Yeah, this is why, this was one of the most surprising things coming out of this. It's like. Uh, full. It's some of those stuff. Uh, this is what I said um, on our Slack channel, uh, Patreon Slack. Like th- this is the 100%. kind of weirder stuff that I feel like what we thought we would get. Like when when it was like Marvel doing movies and TV shows and just throwing content at us all the time. Like the fact that we we get something like this that feels like very genre, very niche, very specific. Not something that has these far reaching goals. Like I love the idea of that. So um, and it feels like it is like shot in that sort of classic melodramatic horror way. Like, very excited for this. What about I'm, you, Pete?
2: Well, I'm a little confused. Was that a, a
1: comic first? Werewolf by Night is a classic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Back in the day, I think it was um, uh, something when you couldn't do werewolves and vampires, I believe, under the comics code for a long time. And then when they opened the door, this is the first comic that Marvel put out oh, that wow. covered, covered that territory. Cool. Thank you.
0: Uh, yes. One of the things, sorry, I'm kind of gobsmacked. We've read Werewolf by Night comics, Pete. We've reviewed them on our show. Oh, we have?
1: (laughs) Oh, you're winding me up. You're winding me up, man. I think Pizza a scroll. We'll <laughs> so get
0: there in a second. But I yeah, also yeah. love this way down, down to, like, I hope this isn't just the trailer. I hope, like, the cuts, it seems like the way they filmed it, but, like, there's a very quick cigarette burn on the quarter in one of the shots, and then they do the whole, like, film fading thing at the end and burning through. So I hope it's all like that. My big question, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing to your point, Justin— but how does this connect to the MCU? Like, is this just going to feel like it's just a thing, you know, like it's just a werewolf, like literally the game werewolf, but at a house, um, That's fine with me. I'll enjoy watching it probably more that way. Or is it going to be that thing? I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this widely maligned TikTok that got posted around of a guy being like, what Marvel should do is they should just do indie movies, like do a Richard Linklater movie, and then Iron Man flies by in the background. Is this going to be like that, or is it going to be entirely disconnected?
1: What do you think, Justin? I think disconnected, um, or maybe there'll be a light nod, like the, the TikTok example you just used, but it, this definitely feels like, and I would say that especially because uh, Ma- Michael Giacchino's directing this, someone who hasn't directed, but is, uh, famous, uh, for film scores. And so, like, it feels like something you, uh, a project you give to somebody that doesn't have super high stakes can be something that you can show it's not an indie movie but it has a little bit of that flavor like oh this is like a little showpiece we're doing that isn't as functional in the larger mcu but is uh something that is just a cool affect
0: yeah I agree. Very excited to check out that one. The next big trailer that they showed off was Secret Invasion. We got our first look at that as Nick Fury comes back to Earth. Maria Hill is in it. Olivia Coleman is in it. Amelia Clark is in it. Ben Mendelsohn, scrolls taking over the world. And even Don Cheadle, Rhodey, is in it as well. Pete, are you going to ask what the word secret or invasion means? <laughs> Uh, well, what I'm wondering is because the
2: twist that we had in the comics versus the movies is in the comics, you know, the scrolls are bad. In the movies, the scrolls seem like they're good. But with Secret Invasion, are, you think they're going to flip that? Uh, how do you think they're going to handle
1: that? I think we're going to get some bad scrolls here. Mm-hmm. It's a, perhaps a secret. It's, the, it's a secret that they're bad. Well, I think, yes, in the invasion. I, I
0: think there's going to be different factions of scrolls, right? Because we do have Ben Mendelsohn coming back as Talos from Captain Marvel, also from the end credits scene in Spider-Man Far From Home. So he's going to play it in some way. And there's a very quick shot in the trailer of it looks like him confronting a room of what turns out to be scrolls and looking kind of terrified there. So... Yeah, I think we're going to have these bad scrolls who have been infiltrating the government, uh, various governments clearly taking over Rhodey's security detail as well as other things, uh, and Nick Fury coming back and trying to fight them, ultimately learning he's going to have to work with the team again, I guess.
1: This feels like it's going to be directly connected to Armor Wars also Mm -hmm. coming out, and perhaps it's almost like a one-two punch. This feels like um, a very tense sort of thrillery, uh, almost like a, a great X-Files, a high-end production X-Files episode, um, where it's about like sort of the downward spiral of learning everything you believe is a lie. We get Nick Fury, a patchless Nick Fury. Yeah, I know. Come a on. Of this. What,
2: what is this
0: patchless stuff? Put a yeah, patch so he on He has it. a patch by the end of the trailer. It's okay. But to the <sighs> point that you were saying, Let Justin, that eye breathe. He's letting that eye breathe. With I, I got very excited seeing this trailer. I mean, this me looks too. like a Marvel movie versus a TV show, which I've been pretty critical of the Disney Plus shows because... You're an on Yes, that. And also, they very wobbly, I think, straddle the line between, like, are we trying to do a six-part movie? Are we trying to do a TV show? And they sort of 50-50 it instead of going one way. I think if they're going to do it, like, Secret Invasion and Arbor Wars, to me, feel like... Uh, It's still not my favorite thing, but if you're going to do a six-part movie, just make it like a big event and feel like a big event, sort of, you know, a mini series, literally, in a way, versus other things like She-Hulk, like Loki, etc., have them aim towards something more episodic, have them feel more like TV. So if they can push in both directions, I think I'm going to be good with that.
1: Well, I think the, the sort of example that didn't go as well uh, is Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think this shares whoa, whoa. sort of some plot device uh, movements whoa. here. Whoa. because I, And I think that was partially due to the fact that they changed the entire story because of COVID, um, sort of in the middle of making it. So that made it harder to have a clean narrative arc through. So, it, And I it also felt like, oh, you didn't need as much real estate to tell this story. Hopefully with Secret Invasion, they are using every second. So it will have that um, sort of dynamic momentum through every episode like you have in a, a full on feature film. Uh, But uh, this I was this was one of my things I was less excited about until I saw this trailer and I was like, oh, this is actually very it reminded me a little bit of sort of um, the the way Andor's playing in Star Wars universe Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, this feels like the gritty grounded thing that I've wanted in Star Wars finally is happening. And this can be that for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially the television side.
0: Yeah, it looks very cool, and the little thing about Armor Wars, they said, is exactly what you mentioned, Justin, that it is spinning out of Secret Invasion. It follows what happens next with Don Cheadle's Rhodey. That's kind of all we know about it. Next big, fun piece of- Well, quick, new- quick shout-out okay. to
1: Yasser Lester, the head writer of that. Uh, great dude. I'm curious to see uh, what his take on the Marvel Universe is.
0: Ooh, okay. That's some inside In- info. Oh, yeah. Wow. Hollywood, hey. Hollywood Tyler. There Hollywood,
1: there Hollywood JT.
0: Loki season two announced a new cast member and showed off a little bit of footage here. The new cast right. member is Kehu Kwan, who you probably know as Short Round from the Indiana Jones movies. Or data uh, from
1: Goonies. That's yeah, awesome. and I mean, come So
0: everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, very fun. He had a very fun joke on the paddle. This had come after Lucasfilm's portion, and he just sort of wandered on stage with the Loki cast. It was like, wait, this isn't the Indiana Jones paddle? Um, and everybody... If everybody laughed. Everybody Ooh. had a nice time. That's very oh, that's fun. Good. Uh, I mean, he he sees, sees... Oh, this ahead. guy's
1: career, real quick like, he did uh, short round data. Two epic characters back to back, I think in years 84 like, and 85 or something like that. Then doesn't do much until everything everywhere all at once, and then boom, back in like major uh, blockbuster situations. Great. And
0: he seems like a perfect addition to the tone of Loki. Uh, They showed off a little footage there, mostly of Loki wandering through the TVA. Now the Kang has taken it over, spitting in and out of existence. And then a couple of flashes of good news, him working with Mobius again. I don't think that's too much of a surprise, Uh, but going through various time periods. And I don't know, I'm excited to see... How this show turns out that I think Loki, in retrospect, was one of the strongest runs of TV shows that Disney plus Marvel has done, and I, I'm fingers crossed, they're really going to crush it here. Yeah, I'm excited
2: for more of that. They did such a great job in that first season.
1: It's very yeah. funny to me that Loki is the one that sort of became the most TV of all the shows that we saw in the first run because it definitely Loki's a movie character. And the show felt like a movie, yet now here we are with just more TV. Yeah. The other thing that'll
0: be interesting about it is you've been very critical, in particular, Justin, of what is the story of Marvel right now? What is the story of Phase 4? Clearly, it's Kang. That's what we're heading towards. Loki Season 2 is all about that. Quantum Mania is all about that. And they have said that Loki Season 2 is going to lead directly into Kang Dynasty. So we're definitely going to see more tie-in with the movies there.
1: But isn't that Phase 5?
0: Officially, yes. no. So I'm phase saying, four.
1: So phase four is like a little what? Get a little stepping Get them. Get them. around them. That's what I'm saying them. Yeah.
0: Get no, I'm just saying the story of Marvel is continuing from here. Um, oh, let's... wow. Bold statements from <laughs> Alex Alvin. Marvel forever. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Echo. Forever. Let's talk about Echo because they showed that off a little bit. There's two very interesting things, I think, here. Not a big surprise. We knew Kingpin was coming back. In the footage shown, though, he has an eye patch or a bandage
1: over his eye after he Echo. Got... Which one is he, it, though? Come on. Got, I mean, come on. He got Nick Fury's eye patch. For yeah, sure. that's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying.
0: Like Passing it, back and forth. That's a good way to get a pink eye. That's all
1: I'm saying. That's 100%. 100%. And that's what he's wearing the patch for because he's got a wicked pink eye. Embarrassed. He could
0: clean it after he wears it before he gives it to him. Don't put that out there. The other thing that seems uh, to be happening based on the footage showed is maybe Echo is getting powers. There's something where she falls ooh. in a glowing puddle or wakes up in a glowing puddle. Pete. That's the dream. I mean, that's what you want. Secret of the use... Yeah. You yeah, want to find a glowing ever... puddle and just jump and in. And slowly yeah. over the course of the footage, I know you guys didn't see it, uh, she's turning into a turtle of some sort.
2: Ooh, nice. Surprise. did you see a rat that then teaches her karate and stuff like that? Well, she knows uh, the karate. Yeah, some jitsu
0: a lot of different forms. Of yeah, she knows it. A rat comes up and like, like, I'm going to teach you karate. She's like, no thanks, I'm good.
2: Or maybe a rat just walks by with a slice of pizza and it's like, welcome to New York. Could be. Let's Let's never forget. Let's never forget rats. Yeah,
1: let's never forget in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that Splinter was learning karate when he was just a regular rat in a cage. <laughs> yeah. And that's only later... for the they're straight for the comics, exactly. Yeah. One of the craziest things <laughs> in a movie at that time, I was like, that rat you was doing karate rats before. Can learn?
2: You don't think rats can learn karate? How to do things?
1: I think rats can eat through cement, that's a power, but karate is not in their uh skill set, as I know. I want and time when
2: Turned on my lights real fast, and I saw a rat. Like they were standing on top of each other's shoulders to reach the doorknob,
1: so I could get out. And I was just—I like, think you were watching Cinderella, Disney Cinderella. <laughs> oh, um, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but, but yeah, Pete, have you ever, like, have, yes, have Pete, have you ever encountered a puddle, puddle, a puddle of ooze, and made any choices?
2: Yeah, I uh, definitely. I've been waiting my whole life for that to happen. Then when it finally does, you really got to think you know what i mean because you're like this could go really bad or it could go really good you this know is a I mean? real There's...
1: story that pete told us years and years ago that when he and one day right. in new york city encountered a green puddle and mm. almost drank out of it yeah for the chance to be and uh, I, u- I just hated.
0: want to mention for our listeners who don't live in new york city there are green puddles literally everywhere that's not true Yeah, because
2: i've been living in new york for
0: 21 years you
2: see that i only saw the,
0: one all
2: the one. time
1: all the time Here's a crazy. Here's a crazy uh, follow-up. It was sequels. a
2: bubbling like green puddle. Like it wasn't just a green. Like it wasn't like after oh, St. Okay, Patty's sorry. Day or some
1: shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the that, most yeah. important fact here is that Pete almost drank out of it. Just <laughs> out of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's not that's the truth
1: It's a true story. Uh, second, uh, just this past weekend, I came home after being away. Uh, we had an inflatable pool my downstairs neighbors had in the backyard. I looked over and it was green in there. I was like, oh, that's weird. And I found a dead squirrel inside it. It died during karate, right? (laughs) (laughs) That poor karate school was was like that that close to being a master.
0: (laughs) The other one that we only got a tiny bit of information about it, I think we kind of knew this as well Daredevil Born Again. They haven't shot anything yet, but there's going to be 18 episodes. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are both going to be going head to head.
2: What just seeing those two stand next to each other was exciting. I mean, that was.
0: I I lost my mind just seeing that. Yeah, it's great to see them back. They're definitely two of the best actors from the Marvel Netflix series. There's been a little bit of confusion because I think some of the reporting has said, oh, this is a straight reboot. They're going again. But what Charlie Cox actually said was, yeah, this isn't season four. This is season one of Daredevil Born Again. So it's a chance to kind of start over. I still don't think they're washing away everything clean. They're just starting clean as a new series. Like, they're not worrying Do you think too much gun- about yeah.
2: any kind of change, like, you think Foggy is still going to be Foggy, right? They're not going to change out actors. They did stuff.
0: mention at the panel, and this was crazy, they were like, and Foggy died, and everybody mm. lost it. They were so excited. No, they were that happy. It was the biggest about yeah. There were screams. You've heard about fighting. the standing ovations for the Venice Film Festival that go on for, like, 14 minutes. That went on for three hours. No way, man. People's hands literally like rubbed off the skin. People love somewhere. Foggy. I don't want to hear this Just shit. Bloody, bloody finger bones <laughs> Stumps. Yeah,
1: it's hard. Um, I bet Foggy does not return in the, the <laughs> incarnation of the past. Come on, are you serious? That's my guess.
2: What about? I'm totally blanking on her uh, name, but that oh, uh, blonde classic character, classic character, blonde lady. The <laughs> blonde lady, she was great. I loved <laughs> Karen her. Karen Page. Yes, Karen Page. Oh, great. Yeah, real memorable to you, Pete. Yeah, she was awesome. She. She also was in Punisher. She was in. Mm -hmm. She did some cameos and some
0: other stuff. She's. I could see there. I could not stand most of her storylines on the show. They were always trying to be like force them into the plot subway. But she is a good actress. Thank you. I would like to see her back again. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. All right. And as casting director for Marvel, I have to say definitively no, she's not coming back. Next Uh, up, let's talk about the movie stuff. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. There wasn't much because they had just. Shown off the trailer, but they did show off new footage, and it seems like at least part of the plot of the movie is going to be the rest of the world, <laughs> world <laughs> coming, <laughs> for <laughs> all right, coming for the vibranium. Pete has taken off his headphones. Wow. Coming for the vibranium in Wakanda. This is not a huge surprise. They did show off a sequence of Nabor's troops trying to get them and the Dora Milaje basically shutting them down. Everything that I hear about this movie, I mean, it's kind of all the same thing at this point, but everything I yeah. hear, like, great, this sounds great, this is going to be amazing.
1: I mean, the fact that if uh, we're not introducing a ton of new uh, characters, which it seems like it's not um, on the Wakanda side, having it be like just the villains are the problem and the Wakanda has to defend itself. Awesome. Love that choice.
0: Yeah, very excited. And uh, I'm forgetting how to pronounce his name, but the guy who plays Namor talked a little bit about, and, and this feels like a very typical line that you use with these sort of movies, but I do think he's probably being honest, is that it really is something that reflects the reality of the world, that it's not just about yeah, the super. I like that as well. And that seems true. It seems yeah. true. <laughs> All right, why don't we right. move on to something that Pete can listen to, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. Not a ton of new info here, but they did show off a trailer for the movie. It seems like Scott Lang has become the employee of the universe over at Baskin-Robbins, so that's great news for him. <laughs> but at least part of it is them getting sucked into the Quantum Realm, encountering Bill Murray, who used to hang out with Janet Van Dyne back in the day, when Fun. they were both trapped when in the Quantum Realm. When isn't adding Bill Murray a great decision? Well, uh, he has been uh, kind of accused maybe of some sexual harassment on set. So those are some times that it might have been bad to include him. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Um, That all said, the way that Kang apparently gets brought into it is that Kang wants Scott to steal something for him. And Scott says no. And then Kang starts coming for him. Which honestly, I was wondering, like somebody overpowered like Kang, how does that come into this movie that seems like a perfect way to bring it in for me. Well,
1: and this feels like it's it's such a keystone in the sort of phase five stuff that's coming. Um, this movie keeps getting hyped up as sort of when it really starts to turn, right?
0: And I'll, I'll say this as somebody who likes the Ant-Mad movies uh, and particularly enjoys the second one a lot. It is surprising to me how hard Marvel goes on like, no, no the Ant-Man movies are super important and you have to check them out and you have to watch them because ultimately it was like Ant-Man who saved the universe in Endgame coming back, and they're like, no, this is important. You had to have gotten watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll get to this in a second, but they're mixing in Ghost, the villain from Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Thunderbolts. So they're very much like, I feel like people kind of put it to the side as sort of a goofy series for family, Which is
1: tracks, uh, to me, yes. And watching the movies.
0: Yeah, and they are. Like, they're good family movies. They're it's great the movies, so I yeah, don't know why you're fun. undercutting them. No, it's just uh, funny to me how much Marvel is like, no, they're important. You have to watch them.
1: Well, I I think it's partially because they were like, Ant-Man, that's the comedy. And everyone assumes that the comedy is just for fun with maybe some light things um, that are important. And Ant-Man in general isn't Spider-Man. Spider-Man, you're like, stuff important, stuff's going to happen. Tentpole character, Ant-Man's way over here. Ant-Man's like uh, a tiny Iron
2: Man. I don't know why you got to – he's still a
0: part of the team, man. He's there. He helps. It worked. Big Marvel got you, Pete. Uh, (laughs) Why don't we – Pete, sucking on that teat. (laughs) <laughs> Why don't we move on talk about, uh, well, Fantastic Four we already talked about a little bit. Mark Matt Shackman is officially directing. More to come, but that's coming out November 8th, 2024. Next one up is Captain Why? America New World Order coming out mm. in 2024. The new information here, we've got Shira Haas is joining as Sabra, the Israeli superhero. Okay. Pete, you'll be excited about this. Carl Lumley is coming back. Nice. As Isaiah Washington, as well as yeah, Daniel I mean, Miras. that was... That was huge. That was such a cool part. It was great. Uh, And Danny Ramirez is also going to be back as Falcon's sidekick, uh, I guess. Sorry, Captain America's sidekick, potentially in the new Falcon. But the big news is the villain of the movie is going to be Tim Blake Nelson coming back as the leader, which is something. uh, uh, Even as somebody who, like I, on our our podcast previously, was speculating that maybe he's one of the villains over in She-Hulk. I still do wonder... If they're Close. going to introduce him in some way, but I never would have predicted the leader as the villain for a Captain America movie. What do you guys think about this move?
1: Very Great. surprised by this. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. But it, it made when I saw this, I was like, oh, maybe we will then see the leader in She-Hulk because it would make sense to introduce uh, reintroduce him there as opposed to just dusting off the leader and throwing him into uh, be the villain for a hero that he is not the the antagonist for
2: well that's the fun of it is you know you're it's a little bit out of left field which is a nice when a comic book
0: fan can be surprised uh, i think that's a good thing the thing that i can't really make a connection about it obviously we don't know really anything about the plot here is why the leader as a villain for sam wilson's captain america like how does that work because Falcon and the Winter Soldier dipped so heavily into racism and the hero of uh, the history of African-Americans in the United States, as well as how that tied into the Captain America mythos and all of these other things. Yeah. So the natural inclination would be they're continuing in that some way. But I don't I can't quite put together how the leader is the opposite of that as villains would be. Like, how does that challenge Sam? And obviously we'll find out. We will. But the Stay dots tuned. aren't quite connecting for me yet
1: well if it, new world order and it feels like with the introduction of sabra like we're going to get into some outside of the united states maybe we're going to set up something that may feed into the thunderbolts from the comic style thing of a team that is uh, a, a, it's villains masquerading as heroes and the hmm. leader somehow builds himself up to be a, a leader of a, a country that the world seems to be celebrating and it's up to sam to go in and um stop that Or it could be, and stay with me here, the
2: leader's racist. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <You
0: know>. <laughs> <laughs> definitely could be I want to throw out one other thing as much as I like Shira Haas and I find Sabra uh, an interesting character as an Israeli superhero it was surprising to me that they're introducing Sabra instead of say bringing back Red Scarab the Egyptian superhero from right. Night which obviously they're not one to one and they're very different political situations so depending on what they were playing with there but it feels like given they made such a big deal about Red Scarab this would be an opportunity if you're going for some global thing to bring her back into the cast. Maybe she's still in it in some way. Maybe maybe they didn't want two Falcons there. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I will say that when we saw Red Scare, we're like, Oh look, it's Falcon. You would think it'd be a natural fit to drop uh, those wings in here.
0: Yeah, but I guess we'll see what happens. Why don't we jump ahead and talk about the Marvels because they showed off some footage here. This is bringing back together Kamala Khan. Uh, We are getting Carol Danvers in there and also Monica Rambeau. And this is... Got me unreasonably excited because it's one of my favorite genres, but it seems like it's going to be a big body switching comedy with the three of them, as was teased at the end of Miss Marvel. What are you where... talking about? A multiplicity situation? No, not a that's no. a multiple. That's a clone. Bodies... Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a, a clone comedy. I'm talking yeah, yeah, about like it. a Freaky Friday situation, kind oh, of yeah, a Freaky Friday, uh, but more of like a uh, the man with two brains situation where apparently the three of them are all stuck in one body and keep switching places, at least for most of the movie. Movie. That sounds very fun to me.
1: Well, Whoa. and let me say, if I heard this announcement um, and hadn't seen the uh, the end the end scene on uh, Ms. Marvel, I'd be like, no. But <laughs> that's what happens in that scene. because yeah, it, and se- I it want seems crazy. More
2: information on that because it was such a huge left turn, a huge choice. That I'm like what the fuck's going on here. So I'm glad that well, finally- in terms
0: of the character dynamics as well, that was shut off in the footage. I do love the idea that Kamala is like, Oh my God, I'm the biggest fan of both of you. Monica is like, I hate you, Carol, because my mother died and you weren't there to save her. And Carol's like, what's going on? What is happening here? We're not a team. And
1: yeah, well, the idea that like to have a superhero team that exists within one body and they have to learn over the course of the movie to, like switch places correctly is cool and will visually be, it's a great sort of visual metaphor to show at the end of for a big battle at the end of the movie. That sounds cool.
0: Yeah. I'm excited about that one but the last one the biggest announcement I would argue that came out of this panel is the cast of Thunderbolts and it's an interesting one that I'm curious to get both of your guys take on so to read it down here is the cast of Thunderbolts we're getting Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to be Valentina Allegra de Fontaine David Harbour is back as Red Guardian Hannah John Kamen is back as Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp Mm. Sebastian Stan as Bucky aka the Winter Soldier Wyatt Russell as John Walker aka U.S. agent, Olga Kurlenko as Taskmaster, and Florence Pugh is going to be leading them as Yelena Belova. What do you guys think about this lineup? I I don't think this is what anybody expected, necessarily, from Thunderbolts.
1: Well, Surprising. Yeah,
0: it's very
2: surprising. It's a fun collection, for sure, but I'm a little worried about Bucky. You know, I don't want to,
0: you know, like, he was supposed to be a good guy, you know what I mean? I so here's my guess about it. I feel like there was a recent it wasn't a run on Suicide Squad, but it was one of those black label books on Suicide Squad where Red Hood was in there. And he was kind of the guy who's like kind of a hero, kind of an antihero, but trying to keep all of these villains on the straight and narrow. I don't think the rest of these people are villains, but my guess is that Bucky is on the team to like be the voice of reason and be like, no, this is not how the Avengers act. We got to be more heroic about this. And everybody else is like, why can't we kill these people? Let's kill these people.
1: It, this feels mm. very suicide squad to me. It feels mm-hmm. not at all like the thunderbolts from the comics. It feels like put together sort of a ragtag group of heroes who aren't very good at it and they're gonna muddle through and find their way and be heroes and like i I love the suicide squad movies, especially the the second one I thought was really great um I'm just surprised Marvel doesn't usually sort of. Uh, eat DC's lunch uh, mm-hmm. in the in the movies and in and the, in the, the major property. So I'm sure they'll do a good job uh, with this. Um, but I was I was surprised.
0: It is a fun bunch of actors. Yeah, So I is. think it's yeah. going to be
1: a fun time
0: regardless. There was uh, something dropped in our Patreon Slack uh, that was going around on Twitter a bunch about how other than Ghost, it's basically like a bunch of people all with kind of the same powers, which are just, we yeah. fight, you know, and one of them has a cybernetic arm and one of them is kind of a super soldier, but they're all sort of the same the thing. The same, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out visually, but as like a anti-hero spy team that is doing the stuff that other people can't do. I think that makes sense to me rather than a villain team. I'll throw out a couple of theories that are based on nothing to you. Uh, And one of them isn't even a theory. It's just kind of an idea that I've seen bounced around a lot for people who haven't read the Thunderbolts comics. Most of them are usually based on some sort of twist. Like the first Thunderbolts comic was after the Avengers were gone, this new team of heroes led by a guy named Citizen V came in. And the kicker at the end of the issue was Citizen V was Baron Zemo and the Thunderbolts were the masters of evil. And basically they were pulling off this big plot where they were going to become heroes and pretend to be heroes. And eventually like it became very complicated for them because they were doing heroic stuff and how do they feel about it? Um, So that was the big twist that's kind of set the tone for every Thunderbolts after that. So there's a big question about like, is there going to be a twist here either with this team or another team? Uh, What do you think they're going to, do you think they're going to take anything like that from the books?
1: I would think there would have to be, especially since this does feel like Suicide Squad. I think um, we could get a thing where we've come to find out um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character uh, is not working. They find out they're working for someone bad. And so Mm -hmm. they have to like undo what they've done, essentially, um, which could be a cool sort of uh like two part story. Like they do a uh, they do something where they think they're being heroes, but it turns out they're being villains. So it's sort of the reverse Thunderbolts. I also think we could introduce um a a new group of uh like a new team or something that they will be fighting against, uh perhaps a young Avengers. Mm. Ooh, I can see that. I was
0: mainly because I was a little disappointed we didn't get Kate Bishop on this team because Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld mm. were so much fun together at Hawkeye, but I could see them taking something like that down. I'll throw another possibility. I think everybody expected Zemo to be in this movie in some way because he's so intrinsic to the Thunderbolts. This is based on absolutely nothing, but what if there's a scenario where Zemo was recruited first, put together a team of, heroes or villains or whatever, they go rogue, steal all the Valentina's secrets, and this Thunderbolts is essentially the B-Squad. They're the second list people that she brought in to go after Zemo's team. Oh,
1: interesting. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah. But I think I, what I, whatever we're saying, it feels like there's going to be another... We're introdu- going to be introducing another team of some sort sort of underneath or next to this team.
0: I hope so, because one of my biggest... Annoyance is probably too strong, but one thing that I've wanted from the MCU pretty much since Avengers, it felt like it was setting up this villain team to fight this hero team. And we've never seen that. All of these big movies have always been like one overpowered guy and a bunch of nameless goons fighting back. So I would love if Thunderbolts really does have two super teams going head-to-head. I think that would be a lot of fun.
2: Don't forget about Clouds. Like, they've had to fight evil Clouds. They have had to fight Clouds.
1: Oh, like uh, a and team they of Clouds. And they yeah. did fight
0: the Black Order in Infinity War, but they sucked. So there you go. Wow. Uh, I like so, Shots fired. Yeah. Uh, I like them in the comics. I didn't love them in the movies. Uh,
2: I'm going to go with Just on this and say
0: it's going to be reverse Thunderbolts. They should call the movie Reverse Thunderbolts then. So there you go. That's all the big news that came out of D23. Exciting times for the Marvel Universe and exciting times for all of you because you can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about everything in the Marvel Universe. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen and follow the show. at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com. Um, for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. See you at D24. Drink your ooze.